and welcome to the Talking Heads podcast with Lucy and Saul, two head gardeners in Essex and Devon. In light of the coronavirus crisis we are living in and the drastic changes in horticulture happening up and down the UK, we both realised that bringing a regular glimpse into the gardens we look after might bring a little joy and interest. So for the foreseeable future, Talking Heads will now be a shorter podcast where Lucy and I bring you snippets of our daily lives in our gardens as spring unfurls. We'll also bring you news of gardens and gardeners, nurseries and nursery folk throughout the UK. So sit back, take a few minutes out of your day and tune into a small dose of our gardening lives. It's been some time since we've had a chat about East Donland and Stonelands, I noticed. I think we've done about five podcasts talking about all kinds of subjects, but never actually talked about our gardens in quite a bit of time, Lucy. I know, I know. It's because we haven't been doing anything there, so that's what it is. We've just been in the, in the hammock, <laughs> gin and tonic <laughs> in our hands. Nice so. for some. And, and, and I must <laughs> say, the weather, the weather's been cracking for at least... Uh, Two two weeks, two and a half weeks yeah, now, hasn't it? It has been it has been um really for us in Essex, really lovely sunshine. To uh today, I mean we're recording this on the uh Thursday. The temperature uh, in my greenhouse first thing this morning at home when I was opening up was we're into the thirties. This was at nine in the morning. Um it has it's been into the the, the easily the mid twenties, if not uh, more than that in, in certain areas. And um yeah, that's that's been um I've, I've ditched my thermals and my Gore-Tex. I've already now moved into lightweight, lightweight trousers in the garden. So I did take my jumper off at the start of the week, which uh, <laughs> it's been on me for at least four months. Did, did you have so to chis- chisel it off? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, literally get the crowbar in to get it oh. off my off off me. But it's yeah, it's quite nice. And and spring mm. is um, is well springing yeah, in some words. It really and, is. Uh, and I think we're. We're very privileged, you and me, because we are still able to get to our gardens and we are able to see spring unfurling in our gardens, which I appreciate a lot of people who really would like to get out and see spring can't at the moment. But um, hopefully we can describe it a little bit for you. I I will say in Devon, and the one thing I have noticed um, looking at all the social media and talking to friends is we're a good we're a good week or maybe two weeks ahead of our usual year, which means we're really well ahead of most of the UK, especially our friends and listeners in the north. Uh, things are probably just happening there spring-wise that has actually happened down with me in Devon Been and, and gone. has gone past. Yeah. So things like our magnolias, things like uh, Magnolia Peter Veach, all our Sulangianas, um, lots of our named uh, varieties have all actually flowered and, and gone over. Wasn't helped by a, a very sharp frost about a week and a half ago, which turned a lot of stuff to mush. But now now we're going into what I call the post-early spring sort of flourish of magnolias. And now we're starting to see some of our later rhododendrons uh, flower. Um, and we'll start, seeing, we'll start seeing the really early herbaceous. I noticed... Um, our asphodelus lutea, which is the king spear or yellow asphodel, a Spanish native, is almost just about ready to start flowering. It's one of my real favourite early perennial I remember flowers. You sh- I remember you showing that to me in the borders at the front of the house when uh, when we came to visit at the Stonelands. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, got, it's a very architectural plant, isn't it? The foliage is very linear, but then the actual spikes themselves are a real strong vertical element. I, I'm, I've been trying 
And I was just saying to you before we recorded, I, I've been trying to do uh, put, to, put together a video of our lovely, we've got a, a beautiful um, swathe of, they're, they're not a pheasant eye narcissi. I need to find out exactly what they are. They're uh, very similar in stature, but they have a a yellow, pure yellow center, as opposed to what the pheasant eyes have, which is a more of a, a, a red tinge to them as well. Um, I know that the owners bought them from their previous estate and they've naturalized massively uh, on an area of the uh, the garden that is just in front of the, the moat. We've got the, the bog garden and the cedar bed. And then be between that and the wildflower meadow, there's an area that's just got lots of um, sort of shrub roses, circles of shrub roses. And then around that is where all these lovely narcissi are. And then just on the edge of the moat is a magnolia. And the white of the magnolia and the white of the narcissi looks stunning. And I was trying to video it for, to show people on Twitter. And in as you say, we had frost. So I was waiting for the magnolia to really not be hit by a frost because I wanted it to look really lovely. And then um, we were there in the gardens yesterday it was a really, really hot day. In the morning, I missed my window for videoing because it was actually looking really quite nice. And then by the afternoon when I came back to that area of the garden, everything had been singed off in the heat and I was so cross with myself for not capturing it. So um, if it does have a flush again, I will do my best to video it. But I think I might have missed the missed the window, which is such a shame. Such a shame. Yeah, it, it is a shame. And, and the one thing I have noticed at Stonelands, and I'm sure it's very much uh, Essex is how dry it's getting now yeah after that really wet winter we had it's amazing where all that water seemed to disappear I've started to get cracks in the soil yeah. and the the river running through Stonelands is 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 right down it's sort of low level so it's fingers it, crossed for a bit of rain I think I think if you cast your mind back a couple of months when we were looking at all that awful footage of uh, in, especially in the Midlands where it's all flooding and thinking how are we going to recover from this and then as you say mm. this the last um, couple of weeks I say I record rainfall at the hall we've, we've I've had nothing to record whatsoever in Essex we're on sandy soil and we're on the kind of sob once it starts to get dry it really really does dry out and it's very difficult to then try and re-wet it again you sort of almost have to keep on top of it all season and make sure that you keep it topped up and I'm already looking at it thinking my goodness I need to get the sprinklers on certain parts of the garden which is absolutely crazy in April I know it's going to be colder next week which I'm very much looking forward to just to give me a little bit of a, a breather because it's suddenly come from from nothing this hot spell yeah. and um as as lovely as it is, and that it's got things moving. The um uh, the bluebell wood is uh, we were working on that yesterday. There's just a few nettles, which is just just as you cast your eye across this lovely swathe of bluebells, just a few in there. And I was pulling them up yesterday. We're going to do a few more tomorrow when it gets a bit hot in the day. That's our afternoon job to be done. Um, the bluebells are again just showing a little bit of colour. So you know, normally they're for us there maybe a a mid late April. Uh, flowering um, season so again we're a little bit early because of this warm weather the asparagus bed has romped Ooh. on like crazy uh, I think same here same at Stonelands yeah yep, I remember you saying that you've had some as well yeah we took our first harvest this week um, not a huge not a huge harvest compared to what we can have later in the season but I think those first few spears are very exciting because it's it's one of those seasonal veggies which you wait you really do wait all year to happen and then it happens and oh it's it's great isn't it uh, the the uh, 
being able to pick asparagus straight from the bed, strike it straight to where you're going to eat it and, and just, you know, either steam it or or fry it. I like to actually fry it off with a little bit of bacon. That's my favourite oh, thing nice. to do with asparagus. Yeah. And then just have it. It, it. There's nothing better, is there, really? No. Well, it was the, actually the owner's birthday yesterday. And what I did before I left is I did the first cut of asparagus for them. And there were about maybe a dozen really decent sized spears. So I tied them up with a little bit of jute twine, laid them on the doorstep. And he also loves anemone decay and those really massive, big in-your-face colours of anemones. You wouldn't think that they could produce such hot pinks and deep reds and, and the blues. A lovely, lovely, really vibrant flower that, that um, we have in the wall kitchen garden. And we just have it as a cup flower. It's not actually planted in beds or waters. It's just literally a row of them. And Pete, Pete, the, the owner, Peter, loves loves those. So I left them a little bunch of those on the doorstep, some asparagus, some forced rhubarb, and uh, and the birthday card. And we phoned them up when we got home and wished them happy birthday. And I think that was a nice a nice little bundle of, of things from the garden for him. So that was lovely to do. Yeah, and I, I guess they really appreciate it as they're, they're in that lockdown situation just to have a little bit of... Yeah. produce from the garden just to remind them that it's all there i can imagine that's something really nice for them yeah yeah, yeah. um another thing that's uh flowering at stonelands which is quite exciting and is our banks banks rose our uh, uh bank um rosa banksii luteas just started oh, flowering lovely lovely um Every year uh, it is a bit of a it's it's a beast. I'm not going to put it any lightly. It absolutely goes rampant, and unfortunately, uh, the designer decided to stick it right next to a load of their kitchen windows. So every year I seem to be fighting to um, <laughs> stop it from blocking the light from their kitchen. But anyway, last year I absolutely I took it right back to the ground level because I knew I knew it would recover because I've never seen a Banks's rose die from being hard pruned anyway put lots of lovely uh, long stems in and then i decided to try this new style of pruning you um or sorry um training you can do with roses now i've completely forgotten what my name is i'm sure it's joanna somewhere someone it was in the latest garns illustrator magazine and she takes the roses stem and she turns them into sort of these architectural curves and all kinds of things to train them into the wall mm. um so i tried that and when i did it i thought well that looks a bit silly anyway it, it grew on me as the weeks went by. I went, actually, that looks quite nice. And now it's put on all this massive yellow flower. Lovely, lovely. It's really beautiful. So hopefully I can keep that tamed and, and train it into these scroll-like effects all the way at the wall. And fingers crossed, I won't have to fight it from the windows as much. But um, lovely. yeah, it's really nice to have the first rose flowering yes, yeah. in, in the garden so how old is that banksy rose of yours well we only planted it uh eight years ago mm. and um it had taken over most of the wall that it was on plus the windows yeah so um we took it right back and to be honest i think something like a banks's rose or some of the really vigorous um uh, ramblers you can actually take back quite hard and try and train them into these shapes to give them some sort of form because if you leave them for too long they just they literally becomes this bird's nest of completely unmanageable stems going left and right yeah uh, and you you do get to the point a few years you've been trying just to keep it back thinking oh this is never going to manage manage you know it's never going to work so um i think what I do is maybe train it up for a few years uh, into the shape, and then once it gets to the point where it gets unmanageable, hack it right back to the ground again, and then and then start again. Oh, no, the, the reason I'm asking is that we have a Banksy rose that I planted 
about five years ago, and it's um, on what we call the the white border. So it's against the wall of the house. It's the south facing. It's it's a very lovely narrow border, which has got white iceberg roses at the base, and then under the planted with those, I put in white antirhinums, and then we've got some snow in summer, uh, which is sort of cascades over the edge. So it's, it all looks very very lovely. And then the banksia is on the wall behind, and it's meant to add to that um, display. And it's not flowered yet. It's been in there five years. And oh, I'm, right. I, no, it should have flowered by now. That's what I was mm. thinking. I think, I've had, I think I've got a dud, but I need someone to confirm it for me because we've trained it all up and fanned it out and done all the things that we've done with all the other roses in the garden, and they've been fine. So I, it was just – that's why I asked you. I thought, you know what? I've got. You know when you think – I don't think this is doing what it should be doing. And we've been, we've, we've got some kind of dud plant and it does happen now and then. And it's annoying because we've trained it into the shape for the, you know, it's, it's up two stories of the house now and it's lots of right. lovely leaf, yeah. but there's not a sign of any flower whatsoever. And I'm, I'm a bit irked by it. So now, do you know what? I might give it, I might have words with it this, this year. Do you know, th- I was going to say, there's two things you can do in that situation. <laughs> the first one is to tell it it's out yeah. in the next year. And you'd be surprised how many plants decide to buck up their ideas. Second thing is just swear at it a lot. Yeah. That's what I do with my plants. And then suddenly they get the picture and they <laughs> do what I want them to. Do you so. know what? Picture me tomorrow walking up to that wall and having a blooming, blooming good <laughs> go bit at of it. and Jeff in bit, it. Bit, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and we shall see what this Banksia does in return. Hopefully it will sort itself out and I won't have to take it down because that would be a travesty really because it's really nicely trained. But hey... These things sometimes happen, don't they? So, well, um, going on to other things that I've had to do in a, a practical sense this this week because of the dryness, um, we've been mulching our socks off because uh, I wanted to make sure that the moisture that we had had in the very early spring was uh, retained as much as possible. Because, as I say, our light sandy soil once it does get dry, it really dries out very rapidly. So, um, in this hot, I mean, we did do it not this week, it was last week actually getting our mulching done. And I'm hoping that underneath there, although the top of the mulch now is really dried out considerably, I'm still hoping that with those sort of three, four centimeters of mulch on top of all the shrub roses, the hybrid tea roses, the herbaceous borders, uh, a bit of it around the front of the house, they've all been mulched. And I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that I've managed to lock some of that moisture in. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I've been mulching as well. I think it's the classic thing to do at this time of year. If if you're out there and you haven't started even mulching or think about it, get thinking about it. Because if if it's the one thing that you just do in the spring... It saves you, so, like you say, so much work in the long run yeah. uh, in terms of watering, in terms of weeding, in terms of just making the beds look really sharp. Um, and, and also it sort of, it, I think the plants sort of have this, uh, like this oomph once they get mulched. They sort of suddenly think, oh, this is really nice. Mm. And they suddenly have this this kick in their, in their growth. I'm not sure I'm imagining that. But I think mulching is the single most important activity you can do in gardening at this moment. And so. also, very importantly, it keeps your owners happy because it looks really good once you've done it. And there's sometimes jobs like that. I've been spending a lot of time in the greenhouse because I've been propagating things for the wall kitchen garden and the herbaceous borders as well. Um, and obviously... Obviously, you know, it doesn't look like I've done a massive amount, even though I've been pricking out or sewing or potting up or whatever I've been doing all day. But when you go and do mulching, oh, it's like the money shot. You know, it really does look spectacular once it's done. So um, for, for if anyone out there working for a, um, a new employee and they're thinking, right, you know, what do I do to make them realise I'm worth my money? 
get the mulch on there. It will look fantastic. Oh, yeah. And uh, you can cover quite a large area in a short space of time. And uh, you can f- you feel quite satisfied with what you've done. But I, I just going back to the kitchen garden, I know I've been sewing um, all sorts of stuff. And I know you said that you were going to get to work on your kitchen garden this week. Yeah, I, 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 I've done a few things. I haven't done as much as I really would like to. I've sort of been trying to time thing, time, uh, get the timing right because I'm on my own now. I'm quite aware that if I do too much at one time, I'm going to have a lot of work to do at certain points going forward in the kitchen garden. So I'm trying to spread it out a bit more, a bit like successional sewing, yeah. trying to get the timing right. Um, so this week I've planted my early, I'm a bit late, I must say, on my potatoes, but my early potatoes are in. Uh, my f- uh, second sowing of broad beans is is now uh, in the ground um, and the third is sowing is in the greenhouse. I got my sweet peas in, which was really nice. Um, I built myself, I, I do love doing it because we're very lucky at Stonelands in that we've got four or five huge clumps of bamboo. Now, in, ge- in general terms, they really, I'm not a bamboo fan and they get quite annoying. But one of the great things is they produce really nice, thick bamboo canes i remember seeing those yeah yeah they make superb um frames and obelisks and and all kinds of things for my sweet peas and my french beans to climb up so i've been creating lovely structures that will hopefully last for the whole year so that's been quite nice um to be honest most the 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 next element that's going to come in is i'm going to start sowing next week all of my more tender stuff so all my french beans are going to be next week it's got to start sowing sweet corn and pumpkins i've got to split one of my um shark's fin melons um cucurbita ficofolia you i gave you one so hopefully you'll be splitting yours soon yeah it's get all those I can't seeds bear out to and touch it because it looks so beautiful they're lovely lovely things they and are I, beautiful. I know we have talked about it before and i thought well they probably do need a relatively long season to get going and i know I, i've got some some i have sown some early courgettes and a few a few squashes um uh, i haven't done my sweet corn yet as you say i'm i always again mid-april is fine for sweet corn and uh, yeah, like I so I've got some French beans at home that I've done for an early crop, but I haven't done any French or runner beans at the hall yet. So I've I've done an awful lot of things such as an early, I've done an early calibri, so I've got lots of peas in. I've got, like I say, sort of two or three batches of peas and broad beans all on the go. A lot of salad because our, the owners really love their lettuces. So I always have a succession of salads going as well, radishes, um, lots of cut and come again salads just to get things moving quickly because they... I think I sowed theirs about five weeks ago, and I've already done the the first cut now of my my cut and come again salad. So they've um, filled that hungry gap really quite nicely. Um, but yeah, like I say, if you haven't, you know, if you if you're if you're thinking you want to be sowing some veg, you haven't missed the boat yeah, on on things at all. Of time. Yeah, yeah, loads and loads of time to get things done. So uh, I will be doing more next week. Sorry, that was the that what? was the dog, by the way. <laughs> Having a shake. <laughs> We've already had a bit of the dog this. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> this podcast which if you if you get to go on lucy's twitter check out the video of uh of lilia dog uh joining in on the podcast it's hilarious <laughs> um so i think we'll we'll draw this to an end but just a bit of podcast uh admin um Today, which is Thursday, hopefully uh, it'll be a few days when this uh, podcast goes out, um, we launched our first bonus episode of the Talking Heads podcast, which was uh, an interview, uh, and they're all going to be interviews, the bonus episodes, with uh, Tamsin Westhorpe of Stockton Brewery uh, Garden. Uh, and, you know, if you want to listen to not just our voices all the time, please do check out that interview because she was really good fun. It was lovely chatting with her, wasn't it? I mean, we, we really enjoyed it as well. 
So that's, um, yeah, we hope that you, you get our enthusiasm and maybe it rubs off on you a little bit too. So that's today's podcast. We hope you enjoy this shortened format and the look at our lives and our gardens. Hopefully you'll tune in again soon to hear about what we're up to. We understand that for many, life has changed in ways not imagined during the start of this year. Our thoughts especially go out to all our colleagues and peers in horticulture. They have been drastically affected and we hope that life will return and like all good plants, flower again much better than before. In the meantime, please do get out into your gardens, support your local small specialist nurseries and enjoy time out from this extraordinary shift in ordinary life. Until the next episode of Talking Heads, goodbye! goodbye.